0: this is the first random nintendo podcast in the year 2022 this is episode 35 for january 9th as always to my virtual left we have jason
1: hello happy new year again I want to was saying random
0: nintendo last week and to my virtual right we have angel what's up Yo, I hope everybody had a good and safe New Year's. Uh, today, we will bring you, guys, the Quarantinis, the second annual Quarantinis. Uh, it is our personal award show. As we did last year, we aren't necessarily awarding our favorites that were released in the year 2021. It's more about our favorite piece of the content that was new to us in the year 2021. So the movie could have been from the 80s, but if it was your favorite, that is... Uh, you can mention that one. Uh, Which little...
1: admittedly makes yeah, it very it... hard to physically deliver some of these rewards to the recipients. Because if some of the stuff is old, good luck finding the people. They may not even be alive. But in spirit, yep. they uh, will. And they know
0: it. Yeah, I had uh, Golden Girls as my favorite TV show. And, uh, I mean, that's not going to happen anymore. Are they all can dead now? Seen Kevin? <laughs> that, uh, are they all dead now? Or? I don't
1: know. I don't know. That's a good question. I have to imagine that Bay White was the last holdout, cause I mean, she had quite the life, almost a hundred.
0: She was the last holdout, like she was gunning to be the last one out of all four yep. of them to be alive? Yep. You know, at some point, at some point you're just like, well, I gotta keep
1: carry the torch now, cause that's it, I'm the only one. <laughs> Actually, Maybe I don't know,
0: there might be other a ones that are alive. Golden Girls fan?
2: No, I was, I was aware that they existed. They made, uh, I guess for a funny – I guess it wasn't really a cameo. It was more of a reference in Gumball because it kind of based the whole episode around the Golden Girls. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. What what and was big, the
0: Golden Girls? I, ne- I never saw an episode of the Golden Girls. What exactly um, was it about?
2: These, just I a think, group of friends being sassy at each other? Yeah, this older
1: group of women that are just sassy at each other. And I didn't realize the level of sass initially because I thought Golden Girls was kind of like – yeah, I was agreeing with you, but as I was just say I I I thought they were um, like I thought it was a soft like kind of a gentler show that was, and I started seeing clips um after Bay White passed away, and I was like, wow, this this show actually like this was more of a modern comedy than I expected in terms of like the level of humor and and whatnot. But but yeah, that is you know a sitcom to start older women essentially slightly older.
0: I could have sworn that it was. Like, the four older ladies bringing up stories, and it would essentially just be flashbacks.
1: I guess I was wrong. Jesus. I will be honest, I've never seen a full episode. <laughs> so I could to tell you.
0: You've never seen a full episode? No. I've just seen clips. Okay, well. I wouldn't expect... Ah, uh, you know what? I would expect you to have seen a full episode by now. not w- so I would have, too.
1: Yeah, I would have expected me too as well, now that you mention it. Because I'm, oh like, kind of plugged these... in in that way.
0: They... Killed it on television. Season 4 got an average of 33.1 million viewers. Golden Girls? Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a bygone era of ratings right there. No show. What what Any show got even a
0: fifth of that. It'd be a hit. (laughs) The Game of Thrones finale got like... uh, How much?
1: Uh, That's a good question. But Game of Thrones is kind of... Yeah, and Game of Thrones was kind of a unique situation Oh, wow, it got 13,
0: time. actually. Yeah, so... I know Breaking Bad, I, I, the, the I mean, the,
1: the one I always think about is, like, apparently the viewership for the finale of MASH in the 70s, or or not 70s, in the 80s or whenever MASH was on, that, that comedy was, like, like, it was an event that people were comparing to, like, the Super Bowl in terms of audience, and there's no way any show will ever get anywhere near that number. Like, MASH had 60, I just looked it up, 60... Uh, over 100 million viewers a 60.3 rating and a 77 share whatever that means about 106 million people watched the finale of MASH no show does that like how how it's crazy i've
0: never seen an episode of MASH
1: my dad used to sometimes watch reruns of it um it's basically it was like a comedy set in um a vietnam base but I if have, you are here doesn't in LA it and, seem like the okay well yeah i know right but if you're if you're here in LA and you go into San Monica mountains they still have like the like the base was built in the San Mountains, and like there was a helicopter there and some other stuff. And they and a, like an old Humvee Jeep thing, and they left a lot of it there. And that's where folks like Alan uh, Alda, if you've ever heard his name or seen him and stuff, that was kind of his big role was on Mash. So the more you know.
0: Oh, I see. The more you know. These are both NBC shows, I guess. And, oh no, never mind. Mash was a CBS show. Man, CBS has always had. A huge viewership compared to the other channels. I mean, relatively, like by today, all their shows kill it in the ratings compared to like NBC and Fox.
1: Their secret weapon is they skew they uh purposely target older demos.
0: Like the That's joke disgusting. about like, CBS
1: being for like, old people is old people in quotes, but yeah, like a lot of their stuff is aimed at either older or just like broader, like the like more digestible. Like they don't they don't Does take the do weird people. stuff like community or whatever. They do more like surefire things. <laughs> mm. They don't take risks, I guess you could say. In the same oh, way. Oh, they, yeah,
0: they clearly do not take risks. And if anything gets mm-hmm. like lower than like 5 million viewers, they just cancel outright. Essentially. But yeah, they're okay. like, they're the ones that really
1: like keep the like laugh track sitcoms alive. More so, like the multi ones more so than, uh, I mean, ABC does too, but, and but like, as NBC was going further into, you know, Office-style, single-cam, like, kind of awkward humor. Like, CBS was like, don't you love laugh tracks? Come on back, and just had so many. You know, and obviously they had success, Big Bang Theory being probably the biggest, and now Young Sheldon spun off from that is huge, so.
0: Terrible. Young Sheldon. But, uh, is what it is. <laughs> uh, before we get into the Quarantinis, uh, we want to talk a little bit, well, Jason, Jason wanted to talk a little bit about couple things that he still did over these last two weeks uh one of them them was the last like well one of them's been the
1: last like 36 hours because it literally just came out which is the new album yeah so i don't know who out there listens to the weekend but this guy just out of nowhere ish (laughs) but no this guy um the weekend just put out a new album called don fm uh it was he announced on new year's that he's like not gonna do a rollout and then like he proceeded to do a small rollout, but either way, it came out on Friday, and uh, it features Lil Wayne, Tyler the Creator, uh, Quincy Jones, the producer of the music from Uncut Gems, uh, OPN, I forgot what it stands for, though, and Jim Carrey, which is not a name you to expect. But yeah, basically, the, the premise of this album is um, if you are listening to a radio station— as you are stuck in purgatory trying to reach heaven, I guess, or hell, you're just in purgatory and you're trying to get to your destination the light at the end of the tunnel. And the host of the radio station is Jim Carrey, who honestly is the best feature on the album. Which, again, not a sentence I thought I'd say, but he outshines <laughs> Tyler the Creator. He definitely outshines Lil Wayne. You feel super out of place. But, um, but yeah, the whole album's just, you know, The weekend had a crazy year and a half run with after hours and the super bowl performance and everything in between and he did that's really interesting thing for those who didn't follow where essentially um he made every music video every performance live performance and everything in between all be one thread of one character that mirrored the basically the premise of the album which is this person like kind of going through this whole breakup and rying high and being like kind of crazy and then um you know doing a bunch of drugs and doing all these damaging things and then like kind of coming to his senses and sort of scaling himself back down realizing he misses the person and it was like the, the album was like very like cinematic in a way just it had a lot of different sounds it was kind of like this lush thing and now 18 months later or so he puts out this other album that is all very one very cohesive sound it has this radio theme so he's still doing kind of the world building but it's interesting because that one was this huge expansive thing and this one feels like this very kind of like small scale tight. Compact thing because he decided to very heavily lean on the '80s, the sounds of the '80s, like it's super synthy, like really like raw synth, like Daft Punk ish or what Daft Punk samples at least, or if you dip deeper into the '80s, there's some like Depeche Mode or like Pet Shop Boys or like those sorts of sounds, and then he just sort of rides that sound with the Uncut Gems producer guy, uh, by his side for essentially the entire album. Like it's probably it it the transitions, the sequencing, the way he try and makes it seem like a radio station, like it, it goes by very quickly because it almost in a way all sounds like it's blended into one giant song, although it still has some, um, you know, obviously breakpoints and whatnot, but it's just interesting because it's, you know, this guy with this huge vision for one album and now he's sort of pivoted and is doing this vision for a different album and in execution, it's maybe more elaborate than what I did for After Hours. Um, but it somehow simultaneously feels smaller scale, just because of how uh the 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 kind of vibe he went with and how he sort of brought it all together. So, um, it is very good. I didn't say that part. It is <laughs> if you like kind of like synth wave or like that sort, you know, new wave or like just synthy electronicy things. It is very good. Um, it's just yeah, this guy's music literacy is like crazy. Like the weekend, like I don't know if you guys probably not, but he hosts an Apple Radio show every so often called um Memento Mori, and like this guy. That knows like like the weekend knows like all sorts of deep cuts and interesting little things that happen to music and to hear him then take some of that and put it into the new album like it's not just like oh it's eighties so it's got to have sense. it's like oh well this long song I need to do something where I like kind of talk sing at a low pitch because that's what like Depeche Mode used to do or like Pet Shop Boys used to do so I can't just do sense. I need to like match the sense with that sort of specific pitch for one song and his other thing I need to do this and like like he's pulling you know we had one song called Sacrifice that sounds pretty much like a uh interpolation of thriller and he goes for like a michael jackson thing and you know quincy jones is on the album so i guess that's with the blessing there he's not just ripping off thriller but um yeah it's just interesting to see him dive that deep into it and have it work that well and have the production be that good like arguably the production's better than after hours um if you've ever heard after hours but uh yeah it's just it's just interesting to see like how do you follow up with the biggest album of Quarantine, I guess you could say. How do you follow up with the 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 biggest song in chart history, Blinding Lights? is officially the biggest song ever charted. Like, how do you follow that up? And I guess this is how you do it: you build a whole separate world, you do a separate theme, and maybe it's not as cinematic, but it, you know, it's kind of tight, compact, and you get Jim Carrey to narrate, and he somehow is the best thing on the album, (laughs) but um, or the best feature, I should say. But yeah, so that was kind of like a quick take. It's I'm still sort of digesting it because it's only been out for like a day or so, but I've already listened to it like six or seven times over which is already like six or seven hours worth of, of listening to it um but yeah i mean do you guys ever i'm sure you've heard blinding lights on the radio but have you guys ever like been into the weekend at all or
2: no and i've definitely been very aware of the weekend because
0: of someone but mm-hmm. you're welcome i fan <laughs> Uh no I I mean I don't seek out his music that's just not my type of music I'm I've been always more of a rock guy but I will say Blinding Lights and uh, the one that really kickstarted his career I for, I forget the name of the song but the hills no the other one uh
1: well he did the song for Fifty Shades Earn it earned it
0: definitely not uh, can't feel I mean, my I face I don't know the face one there we go
1: can't feel my face yeah the song about uh, cocaine that won him a Kids Choice Award.
0: Yeah, that song is that, that alright. Yeah, yeah. But no, definitely not um, not my speed.
1: That's fair. Yeah, it's it is interesting that like a lot of early weekend fans like some have gone along for the ride as he's kinda of gone the pop route. And this album is super pop, but like there is like a contingent and it's still not necessarily your speed Karen, but there is a contingent that's kinda of bum because he used to be like really like like it was like dark, moody, like kinda of like gritty sounding. Like if you listen to some stuff on Starboy, it's like super like like trap influence, drums and whatnot, and like kind of rap influence and sort of hip hop y. And he's definitely sort of pushed that to the side. There's a couple songs on this album that you could argue maybe have some roots in that. Um and he's still very like uh um, at times like sad boy, I guess you could say. But um yeah, no, he's definitely as he's gone mainstream, gone more uh pop and like this this eighties album of his. And he's dabbled in eighties for a few albums. Even back in Starboy he was doing some with, like, a song called Rockin' that actually, weirdly enough, was written by Justin Timberlake, but um, is that one could fit on this album, but, like, he's definitely moved more in, like, a mainstream kind of almost happier sound, even though the lyrics still aren't. So, um, yeah, so even if you, like, like One Weekend and don't like the other, or even if you don't like The Weekend in one way, he has kind of evolved into another way, but, yeah, it's still not rock by any means. Although there is an acoustic guitar on the 2nd and last track, which surprised me. Um, Sold. Yeah, there you go. There is a strummer too, so you are in. <laughs> but yeah, the, um, it's just a very well done album. The production's super good. And it's just, like I said, it's just really interesting to see how do you follow up? Cause you know, there, there's, and like people are saying this about Billie Eilish after her first album, like there, and Imagine Dragons had this issue and all these mainstream artists, like you have a big first album, then you hit the sophomore slump as it's considered. Like how do you follow up something that big? And The Weeknd had the luxury of it being five albums in, maybe six albums in. That he now had the biggest album, but how do you follow that up? And the fact that he went for another concept and pulled it off is just like you know that that's impressive. So, so that was my spiel on Dawn FM. Check it out if you like eighties, or you like the weekend, or you just like synths. Just it's like very synthy, very synth-y, like Both wonderfully as well. synthy.
0: Yeah, what was that? And if you like both as well,
1: yeah, if you like both, it's a double whammy, which is where I'm at. So.
0: Is the weekend Canadian? He is
1: from Toronto. Yes.
0: Why do I have a feeling that he was Canadian? Because every
1: one in pop culture is now Canadian somehow.
0: I don't know when this happened. Yeah, when do we Eber become started. Canadian?
1: Um, it's only a matter of time. The takeover has begun.
0: Nice. They, they uh, they're
1: tired of being America's hat, so now they're just going to become America.
0: Uh, I'd I'd much rather that, honestly. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. You also wanted to talk about the Matrix quadrilogy, yeah. And you you and saw Matrix the new one quadrilogy.
1: too. You saw the new one too, right? You've seen all of them, right? Yeah, I've seen all of them. And Angel, how much
2: have you seen? I've only seen the first one, and that was for the first time this last year. So, well, actually, let's start there. So, what as yeah. someone coming into it new,
1: how do you feel about what did you think of it? Because you know it. Well, what did you think of it, and then I'll say why I'm saying that.
2: Oh, it was a lot better than I expected. Like honestly, my expectations were kind of low. Or like I knew I, I knew whatever I was gonna watch was gonna be quality. Um, at the very least, like some kind of quality, just because I mean, you don't get to four movies without being some kind of cultural phenomenon. And obviously, mm-hmm. I was well aware of the impact of the Matrix when it first came out, because everybody was talking about it. And I feel like had you know, cousins that were obsessed by it, like. It was like people were quoting lines all the time. It was really hard to escape it, which, I don't know. I, I think at the time, those kind of movies just didn't really interest me. And I think maybe how big it was or how often was it pop culture kind of made it annoying. Which kind of made me almost slightly, not resent, but just kind of like feel like, uh, Matrix, like, just get out of here. So I guess it's not surprising that it took me however many years to watch the first one. But now that I did, yeah, the story is a lot more simpler than I imagined. I thought it was going to be way more convoluted, but pretty straightforward. Very engaging. I like Keanu in it. Definitely glad I watched it. Definitely glad I waited too. I feel like I have more appreciation for it now than I would have if I had seen it when it first came out. But yeah, I definitely liked it. I feel like it still mostly holds up.
1: Yeah, it do, it does because um, I rewatched. So I watched it back when it was in theaters, maybe, with my dad. Or no, I saw the first one at home on video. And then my dad and I went and saw the second and third one in theaters when they came out in like 2003 or whatever, like six months apart. And then I barely saw it since. So when I rewatched, I rewatched all of them in preparation for um, Resurrections, which is the fourth one. And yeah, rewatching it, I was also kind of surprised it held up. And the thing I was most concerned about, and even, you know, asking you what you think, I was wondering, like, the one of the big reasons The Matrix took off as it did is besides, like, kind of toying with ideas of, like, the impact of technology back when that wasn't the trope that every media, piece of media did, um, was, the you know, the special effects. Like, that was like, it was like a showstopper. Like, you've never seen a movie like this. So I was curious, and it, it, it's kind of interesting to hear that, um, you know, you seeing it a year ago, when those special effects are kind of like rote and normal and not like that special. They're just effects. Um, you know, it's interesting that it still held up to you. And and that was something I kind of noticed too when watching it. But I had the kind of nostalgia angle too. It was like when I watched it, I'm like, oh yeah, it still holds up. But like someone coming in fresh, that's interesting that it held up for you too. Um, but yeah, I, I rewatched all of them, all three, leading into the fourth one. And I think that probably helped for the fourth one. Um, cause Kevin, did you, did you just watch the fourth one, like kind of off the cuff or did you, cause I know you saw it or did you kind of prepare for it?
0: Uh, I prepared for it. I, this was also my okay. first time, uh, watching the matrix as a Oh, this last What'd year. you think of it in that case? Holy shit. Okay. So let me explain. <laughs> I had never <laughs> seen the matrix from yeah. front to back in one sitting. It's always been in chunks. And so with like the release of resurrections, I thought, screw it. This is the year that I see the entire series, and specifically with the Matrix, my mind was completely blown. I absolutely love that movie. I like now understand the hype, similarly to Jason, and like what similar to Jason, similar to Angel, and like why it's so praised. I now get why it's so influential and why it's like re- regarded not just as one of the best science fiction movies, but as one of the best movies of all time, I've thought about the first Matrix movie at least once a day ever since seeing it, and wow. this was back in I don't know. It's not that much, it, like mid December, but still, yeah. it, it's so good. I, oh man, I I love the cast. I, the I love the premise. I love the the action, the set pieces. I I think they're incredible. The fact that this movie makes I don't know, like philosophical themes, incredibly interesting and fascinating. It's awesome because I'm an idiot. So like <laughs> wrapping all that up within like a techno cyberpunk action thriller just keeps me wanting to see more of it. Uh, it's actually become one of my favorite movies of all time for sure. Uh, and it's the winner of my favorite movie for the Quarantini. So when we get to that, there you go. The Matrix, the first time I ever saw it. And it's, like, my favorite. It, 21 years. 21-year-old 21 movie. Got my favorite movie.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. That that really speaks to how well it can, like, age. Now, what did you think? And if there are things get crazy with the fandom. The less said about the sequel was better. Yeah. I was going to say, what do you think about the second two? Uh,
0: Reloaded is, at its best, just a fine movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revolutions, I think, is absolute crap. And Where do you th- just want to get into reservations?
1: Well, I was gonna say, what are your thoughts? Because this was a big flashpoint in the in the uh, um, discourse of the second movie—the overly long dance slash borderline orgy party at the start of the second one. Did that? Oh, what did I think of t- it? Did that take you out of it as much as it took a lot of people? And even when I rewatched, it, it took me out of it because I forgot just how long and cringy it was.
0: Oh no, yeah, I was like, I was expecting it because I had heard so much about it. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. It
1: um, I think your kind of assessment of the second two is is not far off. I do think one thing that they did okay with across the trilogy, um, is this kind of it it has done because your point about the philosophical being wrapped in like techno. Babble, essentially. Like the the there hasn't been a movie I can think of that quite or a franchise, regardless of the quality of the second two movies, there hasn't been a franchise that has quite done that interesting mix of like religion and technology. And I don't necessarily mean like, oh, like, oh, they're making like Jesus imagery in in The Matrix, which like really hang you over the head with that in the third one. Like, <laughs> they literally show a giant white cross. Uh but I mean in terms of like different religions and toy with all that because there's a lot of like east like traditionally like eastern thing like eastern philosophy things mixed in there too like it is interesting even though the quality of the movies kind of go down that they still find different ways to sort of toy with these ideas and maybe they don't execute as well as the first one because the simplicity of the first one i think is what made it work so well um like the simplicity of the structure because in the second one they have like a lot more elements going on but it is interesting that they Manage to make a huge blockbuster franchise that toys with these ideas and
2: do it, you know, three times over. Um, even though, oh yeah, maybe we just, hmm. oh sorry, no, go ahead, but go ahead. Before I forget, yeah, before I forget, one thing that did almost ruin the first one for me was the ending. I don't know why, like I guess like was it I Neo floating? The movie.
0: Was Neil flying?
2: No, it it, it it was the whole like him getting revived with a kiss. It just felt like oh, okay. after yeah, everything yeah, yeah. we went through, it was it yeah. was like what like that that. That's what, they actually do that? They actually Disney this thing? Well, it, it's funny like, cause like,
1: the movie, like well, even if
2: supposedly there's like some better meaning to it or something, but it just felt like they ran out of a, it. It just, it literally felt like they wrote themselves into a corner and like, like, uh, oh, what do we do? How do we, uh, oh, just give them the kiss, like revive them with the kiss. Well, right? I mean, wh-
1: if you look at the Matrix by itself, which I think was originally it was a single movie. They did not, like the sequels happened only cause the first one blew up how it did. Um, yeah, I think that was because the whole, you know, Neo being the one is very clearly, uh, you know, a Jesus parallel. So I would guess that was supposed to be like the revival of Jesus, except I don't know how else they would have done that. But yeah, I mean, they did. didn't
2: have to do it with the kids. They could have found a less cliche way. But yeah. Yeah. But um, I yeah, that with all of everything they came up with, it, it just made it feel more, that's fair. Yeah. That much more appalling. Like yeah. You come up with this like Matrix concept and all these other things and. And it's just a kiss, but yeah, that was yeah. the only thing that bothered me. Yeah, no, that's
1: that's fair. Yeah, it uh, it definitely was a little forced compared to like some of the other stuff they do in the movie. But but yeah, so that that's kind of the trilogy and how we got where we are. But then there was Resurrections, the fourth one, like you were saying, Kevin. And um, it's interesting because in the same way that, at least to me, in the same way that the first three kind of dabbled and explored like the impact of technology and the impact, you know, and and kind of the religious side, but really like what technology can do and what it means for hum- for humans. This one kind of explored the same thing, um, like what technology is for us. Like, you know, there's this kind of underlying theme of, and it's, I don't know if this is a real spoiler, but just like how the negativity of the internet can kind of fuel the internet. That's something that, and fuel kind of culture move, like, you know, like Facebook, like promotes like things that get um, angrier or engagement. Like there are some threads of that, but what's really interesting is they toyed with it not just with a layer of like techno babble but with a layer of like self facing like critique of reboot revive ip revival like you know hollywood itself and they did not make that subtle like that was maybe the most interesting thing to me was how meta this thing was like it was so meta, like the first third is talking about the first three movies by name. It mentions Warner Brothers. It, it granted, is saying they're a video game now, but instead of a movie. But like, it's so they talk about all the critiques those movies had. They talk about all the praises movie had. Those movies had. They made reference to like uh the Ruchowskis, who are now the wachowski sisters. You know, like the, they both uh, were transgender, and they make reference, like, you know, is it an allegory for trans uh, politics? Like all this other stuff is like this is very, very, very self aware. Which was kind of interesting to see when there's so many reboots that take themselves super seriously. Um, I don't know how you felt about it, Kevin, when you watched it. But I thought it was an interesting idea
0: that they toyed with that. I think it was an interesting idea. I don't think the execution was that well done. That's fair.
1: Um, what what was kind of? Do you think it was just too on the nose?
0: Um, or too blunt. It absolutely was way too blunt. Um. And then mixing in how blunt it was and then trying to continue the story, I felt like wasn't, I guess, cohesive enough for me.
1: Hmm. It does kind of switch halfway. Like, it is like, hey, hey, we're a reboot. And then later it's like, oh, now we're serious.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. It's, yeah, at the beginning it was it was obviously more of, hey, remember this, remember this, remember this. And then transitioning to... Okay, now we're a brand new movie. It's like, uh, well, what was even the point of the first half in that case? I do, I do think it was, um,
1: a bit layered. I mean, some of it was super in your face, like, um, obviously when I can remember this, remember this, and they showed so many clips from the first year because I knew so many people hadn't seen it in so long. Like, there's a lot of, like, he walks into a room, it's like, we're projecting your memories from before on the, on the walls. It's like, you're literally just showing us clips of the old movies. So, like, people that, aren't as don't remember it as well can get caught up which was kind of an interesting way of doing it but um some of it was super in i remember during a fight scene one character literally references like a spin-off like oh I'll, you know just wait till the spin-off like i'll be back um which i was definitely a joke because they're not playing any sequels or offs. but um there are also some like low like I thought what was more interesting was when they messed with the tropes of reboots. Like, they introduced... And these were totally, like, riffing on that, I think, but I don't know how many people necessarily picked up on it, but they introduced on when, when Neo's back with the crew on the ship in the real world after he, you know, is whatever, um, two, like, robot assistants that are, like, literally making fun of every reboot that's like, oh, we need a cutesy thing we can make merch out of. Like they did a little robot named Sabe- Sabebe, which also sounds like how... um what's her name on Schitt's Says baby, uh, Moira. But they had that, and they had a little robot named Luna 8, which I assume, based on the spelling in the subtitles, was a reference to the Wachowski's Sense8 series, because it was styled the exact same way. Um, But yeah, they introduced these robots, and they just, like, they're there for, like, um, they barely have a role. Literally, they're like, oh, that's Sebebe. He helps us. And this, like, little cat orb thing comes out and just kind of looks at him and, like, nuzzles him, and that's the whole scene. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just thought, like, when they did stuff like that where it was a little more subtle kind of poking at, like, what revivals are supposed to do. You know, like, these are the BB-8s of this this universe. I thought that was uh, pretty well done. But, yeah, some of it was very on the nose. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah. And then whatever new stuff that we got to move the uh, the plot forward, mainly the action I thought was incredibly sloppy and not even close to coming to how great the action scenes were in the first two movies, uh revolutions i I don't even remember the action set pieces in that uh that was the uh
1: Smith fight in the rain, basically
0: okay, yeah i je, we that movie. flying around, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, but like the action pieces in this movie were just i don't even know if I'd call them awful, I'd call them incredibly boring
1: i I do think that that is where the movie missed the mark a little in that the first one and even the second and third like they were doing sequences you hadn't really seen before i mean if you look at the second movie that scene where it's it's uh, neo against the agent smiths and it like goes full video game and he looks like a like ps3 cinematic for a little bit but that idea of like having him fight like these hundred smiths and he's like using his pole and like swinging around them and they're flying every which way and like like movies didn't really have that at that point like that was new but Action sequences have come so far since then, and CG and the way that it's integrated have come so far that things that may have been like, oh, that's cool, were just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, without spoiling the climax, like, I feel like – I don't know if you got this fight, but when they were on the motorcycle, it felt like it was just a zombie apocalypse movie. Like, it didn't feel like anything special per se. Um yeah. Or or even, like, there's a scene where they're, like, jumping between buildings or, like, hanging from a helicopter or something. And here's the crazy thing. They really were. That was all practical effects. I saw a video being done after. In fact, that helicopter, if you watch the new Venom, you can see helicopters way off in the distance in one scene because they were filming the movie simultaneously. And they couldn't get the sky clearance or whatever because um, the pandemic backlogged all the movies. So there's actually the filming of the Matrix and that helicopter scene, I believe, in the background of an action scene of Venom. But, um, Let There Be Carnage, specifically. But, uh, regards, that whole thing was practical, but, like, a bunch of movies that have people help hang from helicopters and do stuff like that, so, like, it's not that special, even though they put in the effort to try and make it, like, special. So, like, it, it, I don't know how much of that is necessarily their fault, versus just, like, the medium has progressed so far, which sucks, because the Matrix is defined by defining what the medium can do. So, it does definitely lose some footing when it can't push the envelope further, but it's, they were in a tough spot on that front, to be fair.
2: And the bricks.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But I, I do think for me I think two things. One, I think watching the first three literally in the nights going into the fourth helped make the fourth stronger because it felt like you pick up a lot of the smaller connections they do. The ones they're not bashing over the head with with the, you know, um clips, like there's some parallels and like what they without saying anything, like Trinities are kind of you know, mirrors things we've seen in the past, and like they they, they do some kind of interesting parallels and stuff but um yeah i think for me i i kind of had fun with the meta stuff it was a little on the nose but like i'm a sucker for meta stuff like that's why i love community so much so i was like kind of all about it even though it was a little ridiculous um but yeah i think for everyone that was looking for the more like serious tone of like the first matrix or even the second two to some degree the meta stuff almost made it like a comedy in the first third and that was that's hard to that's a hard pill to swallow no pun intended if you um we're really expecting the grit of the Matrix because this one kind of misses a little of that grit.
0: I feel bad Even for though... the people, or yeah, yeah. I feel bad for the people who are so invested in Matrix lore because I feel like this adds nothing. I feel like it absolutely adds nothing and like almost, almost like takes away from some of the lore as well. Uh, like spoiler alert, uh, actually no, we won't get into it. But but there's something that happens with. uh, with Carrie-Anne Moss's character at the end of the movie mm, mm-hmm. that uh, got me thinking, like, really? After four movies, you're going to do this? Uh, okay, I guess. There
1: was, and I guess another spoiler, spoiler alert, but that isn't really a spoiler alert. But like I was saying before, like how they were tr- sort of catching up with the times and making commentary on modern stuff, there was a very, which makes sense, given what the uh, Wachowski, specifically Lana Wach- Wachowski went through herself when she you know, transitioned. There was definitely a... Very much female empowerment vibe with this movie, which is totally fine. But, yeah, it does, because of that, change some of what the first three were saying about certain people and certain characteristics, yeah. Yeah. If they, if, yeah, which – um, yeah, which I mean that's – you know, Lana Wachowski, that's where her personal life journey has taken her, so I understand why she would do that. But, yeah, I could see if you're trying to follow the deeper lore that it, it doesn't contradict, but it does uh, add layers that comp- – make things a little more complex than they were before or need to be maybe in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, like I actually kind of had fun with it, but I, I don't think, I don't think the movie was entirely necessary. <laughs> I enjoyed revisiting that world. And I like, like I said, I like the meta stuff personally, but um yeah, I, this, this was, it was interesting. It was interesting. It, it was interesting to see what amounted to a studio cash grab. That tried to be more than just the revival for the cash grab, but it was still ultimately just the revival for the cash grab.
0: If that makes sense. No, yeah, I agree. Um and she has gone out and said that like this movie was going to be made with or without me, so mm-hmm. I am glad that it was made with her involved. I just don't think uh I was necessarily a fan of what she did.
1: Yeah. And I do think the ambitions there, which is, which is, you know, the fact that they were trying to toy with like essentially three levels of a movie. Cause you had basically a new matrix, a new societal commentary and a commentary on the fact that they were doing a new matrix with a new societal commentary. So like that, that was a lot bigger than what a lot of these reboots are doing. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily stick the landing particularly strongly. But if you like the franchise and you're willing to just give it a shot, I'd say it's, it's worth watching just to see where the ideas go. But I wouldn't necessarily like hold it to anywhere near the same level as the the first
0: no absolutely not yeah yeah uh cool and with that let's get into our second annual quarantinis uh i might actually have covid i've been exposed to like covid by three or four like coworkers by now I'm not feeling any symptoms, which is great. So I might actually have to be in quarantine again soon. You uh, test it on Monday. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'll get that checked.
1: Uh, hopefully you don't. Fortunately, this time around, it's a milder version of COVID for the majority of people. But yeah,
0: hopefully. But yeah, I don't know. we'll see.
1: It um, it is weird that like, because we were talking what three, four weeks ago on a, one of these recordings about like we might have to rename the quarantines because like it's not Quarantine Chronicles, you know, it's our non's, maybe they call it the nonies or whatever. I don't think we knew at the time that like so many people would be back in quarantine. So it's it's weird that like it lived up to its name. Unfortunate that lived up to its name, but here we are with the name being relevant again.
0: Yeah. But um
1: with that bags... Everyone wearing their tuxedos, everyone in their award attire?
0: Uh I am award in... PJs, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm in uh some Persona five sweatpants. Uh very, very comfortable. I feel but like anyways. this episode
1: I, just, I feel like this episode is weirdly like, split because like, everything I just talked about, like the two talks I brought up, have this weird through line of leather jackets. Like all the weekend stuff is like he's wearing basically Matrix clothes and then the Matrix. And now it's like, all right, take off the jacket, put on the tux, on to the awards.
0: I wonder if there's some sort of synergy there, some corporate synergy happening. Maybe. I mean, Is he's he definitely on Warner leaning... Brothers label?
1: No, he's on uh, Republic, I think, Republic Records. Although I don't know who owns Republic. It might... uh, Columbia, I think. So no um uh, so, but his music videos like for his single definitely reference like the matrix and blade and like that sort of era of movies so there's some there's some deeper societal synergy going on with the 90s revivals right now i think
0: gotcha okay yeah. well uh well, screw it let's just talk favorite movie in that case uh i already said mine the matrix crap can't believe it uh it took me 21 years to see this movie, but uh, I'm glad you so did. So happy that finally, I did.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Led led to some uh, disappointment, but we still fine. Once I I go get next. it go Through,
2: yeah. Uh, I guess I could go next. Um, so favorite movie. So yeah, Matrix was definitely great, but like I knew there was gonna be a part of me that like i mean, like, all right, I'm probably gonna enjoy it, even yeah. though like. I wasn't necessarily looking forward to seeing it, but you know, I still liked it, but it didn't really, s- it kind of surprised me. I think the movie that I'm going to give it to was one that I thought I was going to really just not enjoy it all because it just didn't feel like it would have been my type of movie, but I ended up really did enjoying it a lot, which I think made me enjoy it that much more. Are you, are you about to say Dirty Dancing? Yeah. I'm about to say Dirty Dancing. Wow. So yeah because that movie definitely just really caught me off guard. I did not expect to like that movie, which just made me like it even more, basically. So yeah, Dirty Dancing. Interesting. Did you ever
1: talk about watching it on the show before?
2: Like what was it pretty about? Sure I I, I'm not pretty sure I did. Did you? I, don't I definitely remember did. What 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 was it about it that yeah. like clicked? Well, well, if if I, if I didn't talk about it, well, it's just the way the romance was done. It didn't feel forced. The I don't remember the name of the actors. Patrick Swayze. Um, point. Rest in peace. Ha- yeah. Point Break, or Breakpoint. Um.
1: Or Ghost, if you enjoy yeah. pottery scenes that are slightly sexual. I
2: haven't seen Ghost. Um. But yeah, Point Break was really great in it. The the choreography was really great. But yeah, I think it's just the way the the romance develops. Like it just didn't feel like a as, like a cheese. Is it didn't really feel like a really cheesy movie? It felt believable. And I don't know, by the end of it, I was just really into it. You're just
1: not going to credit and the female Lee uh, opposite Swayze? You know her? I thought I didn't remember. Oh, I didn't catch well, I that. I thought
2: they were both great, but I just don't remember. Yeah, it's her uh, name or I had to which, look it up. She was in. It's Jennifer Gray. You I may know her, from Ferris, no, okay. <laughs> Ferris know her from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. Okay. You do not
1: know her from Ferris Bueller's Day
2: Off. What? Yeah, something movies we haven't seen, Jason. That's rude. Uh, you guys have never seen Ferris but Bueller's Day Off? Never. Def- definitely not in its entirety. I might have seen just, I think I've only seen a, the chasing with at the end or the running sequence. Mm. Chase. And that's yeah. it. But, Wait, so yeah.
1: the, the like bow bow, chicka chicka stuff goes over your head every time a show or movie references it? Or do you know that's referencing Ferris Bueller?
2: I mean, I know that's referencing Ferris Bueller. Okay. All right, well, I never know that, that it was uh, Ferris Bueller.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that whole, like, that song and, like, the sunglasses and all that, that's Ferris Bueller, yep. Sunglasses? Yeah, like, usually when yeah, they...
2: If you're wearing sunglasses, you're referencing for Exactly. Yeah,
1: Anyone okay. in life wearing sunglasses. No, I mean, like, when people are, like, when they use that song and then there's, like, someone skipping something and they put on the sunglasses and stuff. Like, if they're ditching something, that's usually a Ferris Bueller reference. Like, if they ditch something and put on the sunglasses. But anyway, okay, onward, carry on.
0: <laughs> there is a sequel oh, yeah. to Dirty Dancing that
2: and
1: a reboot. Dirty, dancing dirtier?
0: Third year? What?
1: <laughs>
2: dancing <laughs> dancing dirtier? dirtier?
1: Uh, I, I, I was, really wish that's what straight they called DVD. it. Yeah. Dirty, it's uh, Dirty Dancing 2 came um, out in 2004. And then Re-go. there's Dirty Dancing the reboot, not called the reboot, just Dirty Dancing in 2017.
0: There's a reboot.
1: <laughs> the Redancing? The, re-dan- the Redance The, we dance again. Uh, no, it's just called Dirty Dancing 2 and then just Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Dancing
2: Dirtiest
0: no just dirty, All right, dancing. Well, dirty dancing congratulations <laughs> dirty dancing uh jason um you know we just
1: talked about it recently and i it may be, there's a little recency bias although i don't think so but i really did enjoy spider-man far from home like it part of it was i think just having that theater going experience with the crowd again which in retrospect with omicron I was like woof, that was a far risk. from home or no way home did i say far from home no way home yeah sorry um, the new you one. You could have
2: seen Far From Home for the first time last year.
1: No, I saw it in theaters. I meant No Way Home, but um, yeah. It, I don't know. It's just something it, we we just talked about, it, so I think like it's a little redundant. And I was saying I still feel like, and I do, that Endgame had the more oomph in the theater for me personally, but there was still plenty of oomph with with No Way Home in the way it juggled bringing back all his characters and providing their arcs with some closure, specifically one character who if you've seen it, you know who I'm talking about, otherwise it'd be a spoiler, Um but yeah, I just thought it handled it really well, and it had so many balls in the air, and was able to juggle them all so successfully, and kind of catch each one, and like stick the landing, and yeah, it was, it was just really well done, and it was just fun, and it was nice to be in that crowd environment again, and I'm not saying the environment dictated the movie, like I saw Dune in an amazing environment too, with you know, at the uh, Chinese Theater up in Hollywood, with the sound system, and IMAX and all that, and that was an amazing experience for that reason, but Overall, I think just like yeah, Spider-Man just clicked, and it was kind of fun to revisit those characters and have a bit of nostalgia too. So, I think that's mine.
2: Oh
1: yeah,
0: yeah. It is a great movie. I I can't wait to see it again. I uh, who knows when the uh, home release is going to be, but very excited to watch that again. It's probably probably gonna be I have a brand new TV later. by the time that that happens. I'm sorry. What happened?
1: I was gonna say the release is gonna be sooner rather than later. Like the way theaters are like starting. Like they're starting to move movies out of theaters again. Uh Turning Red by Pixar is gonna be digital only. Morbius got moved to June from to April from January. Like I don't think Disney's gonna let the money dry up with uh No Way Home and are, are gonna get out to video pretty quick. Is my guess.
0: Morbius I hope. Darren Leto being vampire man.
1: Oh, oh, you do know what it is. Okay, yeah, I thought you were questioning what it was. <laughs> no, I just hope it never comes out. There was an amazing tweet. Let me see if I can find it from Dylan O'Brien, the actor, like the kid from uh, Maze Runner, who – um, I got to find it. He's basically saying what you're saying, but in not so many words. Uh, It was something along the lines of, oh, it's not delayed because of COVID. It's delayed because we can't handle how great the movie's going to be or something like that. Like, we, society needs time to catch up to the greatness that is Morbius or something. He was being so snarky. It was pretty funny. I just can't find it anymore. Mm. But yeah. Well. Yeah, that movie looks questionable at best. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll we'll go with
0: questionable. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, so Spider Man, that's my pick.
0: Yeah. Let's go with uh screw it. Favorite TV show.
1: Shall we do the same round Robin starting with you, Kevin, then you, Angel, and me, and we'll just keep doing the loop?
0: Uh yeah, sure. Uh I mean, this was a no-brainer. I binged it all this year, within the last three months. Succession takes the crown for me.
2: Uh, I'm Angel. Um, uh, yeah, definitely Arcane for sure. Coming back to well. man, it's like yeah,
1: literally Arcane. last episode of of Arnon here. Yeah, because I'm 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 also Succession. Um, but. I will say. I
2: they probably would have picked Cobra Kai since yeah, it started from season one last year as well. That's what I was about that to say. Was, that was also a surprising another show I found surprisingly good that I enjoyed. That that is exactly
1: so. what I was about to say. Actually, was um, Succession takes it because there's just, just as we talked about last episode, there's no real topping like the 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 speed at which that shows moves the humor. Like it's just like the writing. It's just yeah, it's the best. But I think in terms of surprises, um, cause there are a lot of shows I caught up with, you know, I watched Ted Lasso for the first time, um, Shits Creek, yeah, Good place, place, like all these good shows. Um, but if I had to like, if succession didn't exist, I weirdly might actually give it to Cobra Kai just because like it's melodramatic to the point of ridiculous at times, but the show's aware of it. It rolls with it and it does an incredibly good job of integrating. The smallest of things from these movies into the show and have it be entire plot lines that make total sense. Like, like even, I don't know, Angel, have you watched the new season yet?
2: I've watched, I think about half of it, or more than half, a little more
1: than half. Hmm, okay. So I won't, I won't spoil anything here, but yeah, they, some of the oh, yeah, plot, not. So, no, I won't, but some of the plot lines in the new season, like by the time they conclude, and it's just, it's impressive how they tie things in, like just, it's they do a really good job. And it's a show that like I feel I was super skeptical of early on when it first was on YouTube. I know when you first talked about it on uh Chronicles, I just like I don't like what? Like there's no way this is that good. And it is very good. It is very ridiculous. But it's aware of it and it works with it. And are the Yeah, so
0: are the action hmm. scenes actually like I guess well made? They um well they're all actual like
1: karate that they learned so they're real which helps um they start sure, I out CG. No but I mean like it's not like they have like weird like camera cuts where you don't actually see like real whatever but I, I will say the action scenes have gotten better over the years. Um, season four, they actually feel a little more cinematic. Like, they do some like tilting cameras and some other stuff that, like, you could see. This is the first season that has a Netflix budget and it shows. <laughs> like, they put a lot more money into this one. They got like some cameos that aren't necessarily cry Kid related, but it's got like big name people. Like, they, they have a lot more money to work with. So the action scenes, I would say, are better now. Like, um, like even do in choreography. The fights look like Power
0: Rangers? is what I'm trying to... No.
1: I, you know what show they look like Power Rangers on? Sometimes.
2: Yeah, Uh <laughs> early on they look more weird. like
1: it, later on they look less like it. Um The show that really screams Power Rangers to me lately is one we also haven't talked about, which is Book of Boba Fett. Uh I don't know where that show's going, to be honest. Like, it doesn't have its hooks in me yet. Like, I'm following it because I like the Star Wars universe, so I'm curious what happens, but it doesn't have the immediate hook of, like, Mandalorian, you know, having to protect the child or whatever. But some of those fights, man, like, Straight up Power Rangers. No offense, Lucas, but straight up Power Rangers. So so my comparison cover a step up from that in the later seasons, especially.
2: Gotcha. What? Is Lucas actually directing this one?
1: What? No, I mean Lucas, like the company like it...
2: Lucas uh, Lucas um film.
1: Oh. Yeah. No, it's actually Robert Rodriguez that's directed yeah, the first uh Book of Both, that episode. Spy Kids? Yeah. Huh. And you know, like Grindhouse and stuff, but sure Spy Kids, yeah. Um, but know, yeah, so, so Succession gets he... it, but special mention to Cobra Kai just because we already talked about Succession like two weeks ago.
2: We talked more about the special mention than
1: the actual Oh, I because we winner. just talked about yeah. the actual winner recently. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I will take one that I'm pretty sure only I have. Uh, Favorite manga that I read or like favorite book. I don't know if you guys read anything this year. I don't know if technically reading manga – yeah, you know, because there's so many pictures involved. Uh it manga. There's words. Uh, all right. Yeah, there's words in there. Well, that's it. Like, yeah, you were gonna say something. I don't know.
2: I don't know. I was gonna say like, well, I mean, in that case, like, just
0: calling it favorite manga,
2: just it's good enough then. Yeah, oh, that's true. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a good be. point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think this will come like as a as any surprise to anybody who listens to this podcast. But I mean, Chainsaw Man. You can go back to to that episode where I just wax poetic about it, but. It truly is like my favorite manga of the last year and of all time. It's got it all. It's funny, it's violent, it's incredibly horny, but like it can also <laughs> be very down to earth and like very somber. I it's fantastic. It's anime adaptation is finally coming out this year, which depending on the animation, I think has a chance at being the best anime of 2022, like fingers crossed. And apparently, part two of the manga is also coming out this year, so definitely looking forward to that. Uh Yeah, Chainsaw Man, go read it if you can. Shonen Jump app, only two bucks for the entire thing. We are wow. not sponsored by Shonen Jump.
1: That's actually a steal. Not sponsored by Shonen Jump. Yeah, but that's you you actually like a steal. A, what a bargain!
0: A ton of really good manga to read. You got all is of, it, it a flat? All. Wait, is it a flat two or is it everything. like a subscription? I'm sorry. Is it I a flat two dollar one time fee or a subscription? Oh, uh, it's a subscription. But come on, two dollars.
1: Yeah, that's still only like a quarter or a fifth of like a streaming service. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And at a price like that, who can't subscribe to Shonen Jump? The official app. Find it on iTunes and uh, or not iTunes, the App Store and Google Play. Not sponsored.
2: I can't wait to get my manga fix. <laughs> There we go. Perfect. Uh, I guess guess not quite a manga, but... um, I mean, I did... I still read comics every day. Well, every month. Mainly just like Transformers and Ninja Turtles, so quarantine will basically come down to whether one year Ninja Turtles was better than Transformers or vice versa. But considering I kind of stopped reading Transformers, I still get them every month, so I have like a backlog of like maybe 20 issues to read. But... I don't really know why I stopped. I think at some point, I maybe I think I missed a few issues, or they didn't give them to me from my pull box, so I had to wait a couple months to get back into it. But the plot got very, very thick that I needed to reread stuff. And uh, you think it it's a very political comic, like very, very political. It's like I'm watching an episode of. It's like when you watch that TV or that type of TV that you really have to be focusing. And even if you, like, distract for a second, you just get lost. So that's kind of how it is right now. It's interesting, but, yeah, you can't be in any mindset. So, yeah, Ninja Turtles still definitely had, I would give them my comic of the year for sure. They, you know, wrapped up some new stories, came up with a bunch of new enemies, reintroduced a bunch of old characters from the show and old comics in interesting ways. Just I don't know, I guess where the story is now is definitely no
0: it's interesting they introduced a f- new def- turtle right
2: oh yeah but that was two or three years ago a like lady turtle oh, wait, isn't really
0: it? yeah that's old oh wow I literally this, just heard about her now crazy
2: yeah and that character um was in the comics like in the comics for like about two years before she became a turtle um. Uh-huh. So it was really well done. It wasn't like it just came out of nowhere. Like everything felt like, oh, it just made sense.
1: Which uh, Uh, classic artist is she named after, or did they drop that motif? Because Leonardo, Michelangelo, you know, what's her name? No, yeah,
2: no, yeah, no, yeah, they they dropped that because she was just a, yeah, she was just a. A foot soldier at some point.
1: I swear, if her name's just, her name like, is Sally. Like, oh, here's Leonardo and Michelangelo and Sally. Yeah, what's her uh, name? Yeah,
2: what
1: is no, her Sally name? Sally's
2: the name of uh, a lion mutant that's, like, the mayor. or, the, or Okay, the I did not think there's a,
1: a, a Sally in the comic, but interesting there is. What's the name <laughs> of the turtle,
2: though? Sally Prime. Jenica. Jenica. But they call her Jenny.
0: Huh. Okay, well, that was a little anticlimactic.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, there
1: are female R's. Like, okay, whatever.
0: Well, I mean. Venus de Milo was the it, character in the uh, mutation, right? Was Venus de Milo, was she, yeah. was she a human that turned into a turtle or was she always a turtle?
2: Honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> as far as that one goes, cause I didn't really watch, um, the next mutation. Oh, but, you got a homework. To I don't know. this, it. uh, this not that universe doesn't matter to me. <laughs> <Or> wow.
1: That was <laughs> just very to the point. Okay.
2: Well, yeah, because, I mean, the next mutation, it it just wasn't very good in general. It's like discount Power Rangers. But, yeah, I mean, even the name jenica I feel like if she had been named after Renaissance artists, it probably would have been, I probably would have been happy with that, because it would have felt like, oh, that's way too much of a coincidence. Because, like, what are the odds that a random person with a you know, Renaissance-inspired name happened to turn into a Ninja Turtle. I guess this way, it's like, you know, just feels more natural, I guess. Or less forced in. But, I guess that's beside the point. But yeah, I guess that's my, I guess, reading material that I had.
0: Congratulations to TMNT. Uh, Who's the publisher of that? Is it still IDW? IDW? And they also publish Transformers, right? Transformers. Yeah. Oh, they got some. I'm
2: definitely into indie Yeah, they have a lot of good stuff. They have Sonic. They also publish a lot okay, well, of Marvel comics, which is oh, really never confusing. mind. <laughs> they they, they were,
0: they're two for three.
2: I heard the Sonic <laughs> I mean, the are actually. Sonic good. Co- yeah, I was yeah. gonna say like I've heard a lot of really uh, popular yeah, yeah, Sonic comic, but but yeah, like. I, it, it throws me off. I didn't know that they also publish Marvel. Like, they have, like, their own line of, like, Spider Man comics and other stuff. Oh, really? Like, Wait, what are these? Wait, They're how? these? Why? What? I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but they do. Doesn't make any sense. But, they who owns IDW? Some Marvel they have, yeah, are they owned by Marvel? No, I looked it up. They're owned by the Zedge no, there's, Nordic there's NUF
1: no LTD, which sounds like an investment firm or something. Huh.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Then I don't know. They also published some Star Wars comics. Which that I You knew. think yeah. Disney, Disney would use Marvel. Well, yeah, so the, like, the contract may already be in
1: place. But the contract may already be in place the same way that until Disney bought Fox, they still didn't have back Fantastic Four or X-Men. That's probably what happened with IDW and Star Wars.
0: Rights are so dumb. <laughs> They can be. But, like, publishing rights
1: are so dumb. But can you imagine, though, like, if you are IDW and then just one day Disney buys Lucas arts or, I mean, film, and then you're just like, oh, cool, my contract's volanoid and I had all the, or Null and Void, volanoid. Null and Void, there we go, and I had all these comics in the work and now that's just money down the drain, like, it would suck (laughs) for you as IDW if that happens. I do get why they have to preserve the contract, at least until it lapses, but... Yeah, the yeah, whole thing yes. is kind of silly. Yeah. Cool. Uh,
0: Jason doesn't have anything because he doesn't read.
1: Hey, I read. I just don't read comics. I mean, I can tell you right now, I was pictures. opening it while
0: waiting. This
1: past week, I spent 15 and a half hours on Twitter. That's a lot of things to read. And it's the number one app when I pick up my phone by a large margin. Actually, number two or apps because I've online. Yes. Two, two Twitter apps. So combined. A lot Wait, are you doing favorite app? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I do. I app, do read though. a lot. I read Twitter. No, but actually, if we were doing favorite reading, there are two I want to shout out. I don't know which is the. So there's that Nintendo book about Iwata, Ask Iwata, where it's like him talking to developers. That was cool. That's Nintendo though. Not Nintendo. One I I guess I could shout out. Seth Rogen wrote a book, back in May, um, and it's basically like anecdotes from his like life as he like interacted with different people in Hollywood and the different experiences, and including George Lucas. Speaking of Star Wars. Um and yeah, it's just like he's funny anecdotes, and he, you know, he's he's a comedian, so he's good at telling stories. And the book's just it's kind of light and breezy, but it's it's fun. It's just a fun read if you like like to hear these sort of inside stories and wacky shenanigans that this guy's gone through. Um, so yeah, just a small shout out to his book. Wow. Also, my so, copy signed by him, which is peels to the cool. Jasons, yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh,
2: it's it's like speaking it's like a of words, book. So I guess speaking of words, uh, what the heck is Wordle? I refuse to Google it because. Because um, you'd rather
1: uh, a lo- use the podcast time to enlighten the l- larger world. world. Yes.
2: Yeah, it's like why Google it when I could just ask someone here that actually uses it? Because like I've been <laughs> seeing a lot of people on my timeline. Okay, Who call, are you me that mm. call me out. comment. Just call me out. Say it with your chest, dog. <laughs> Yeah, 'cause like out of nowhere, like a bunch of coworkers just like started like tweeting about this, and then other random people that I followed started tweeting about this, and I'm like, where did this come from? This is, like some drawing game, and then I saw Kevin tweet about it, and I'm like, Kevin too? So, yeah, what the heck is this? Oh, uh, Wordle I don't know. Why 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 are people posting pictures? Are they building a giant like It's
0: just so it's just Lingo. I don't know if you've ever have played that game. Have you ever played Lingo? No. Or have you ever seen Lingo? Like the uh the uh a game show network game? Doesn't... No. It's essentially, so So you're essentially trying to guess a five-letter word within six tries. And uh, so your first word can be spite, right? S-P-I-T-E. And then the game will tell you uh, which of those letters are in the right place and which of those letters are in the word but are not in the wrong but are not in the right place, so using that you try to figure out just a six-letter word, uh, six, uh five-letter word. Apologies. Huh. And so, you know, you you kind of want to use a mix of uh, you you kind of want to use a strategy. Maybe if you don't get uh maybe if you get like one or two letters, uh, either in the correct spot or just in general that will be in the word, you're like, okay, I got two of those down. Let me do a word that has none of those letters that i just used to see if i can uh, come up with more and then eventually figure out by the sixth uh try uh the first word that i always try is uh penis and of course I, that's is. got that's got two vowels <laughs> you know three consonants uh e. s is a very frequent word. uh always do it always has has to be my first uh, my first try what do you mean of course it is
1: Wait, I mean, is anyone is anyone shocked that you said that? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, right. Yeah, but
1: okay, one person. I guarantee they're... listeners. If you're shocked that that was Kevin's first word, tweet at Round Nintendo and say I'm shocked. No context needed. Just say I'm shocked, and we'll tally it and see how many people are shocked. I bet you, it yeah. be zero. <laughs> well, um, uh, it, it's zero. Well, it's a good one, word. One okay, it, in, it it yeah no it it has a lot of common letters. It's true. Um, as I was gonna say, one thing you didn't really touch on with Wordle specifically, though, Kevin, is um, the reason it's bringing like wildfire, uh, Angel is one yeah, of the yeah, hooks... are people
2: posting it? Yeah, so
1: one of the hooks it has is you share your sort of word grid. So, you know, you get your first word, penis, in Kevin's case, and you see what layers work, and then you get your second, you kind of whittle your way down, you get, I think, what, six tries in total, like you were saying, right? So, yeah, six tries. um, So you get a grid of the colors of which thing you got in which way and then you can share that little grid on your social media and then because I think it's the same word for everyone every day, you can kind of compare who was quicker at that word and that was sort of the social media hook that you're now seeing with those grids everywhere, Angel. So that's that's kind of that extra piece because like New York Times crossword puzzles, like people shared those results all the time, not at the groundswell that we're seeing with Wordle but that's already popular. So whoever built Wordle which is this guy who apparently just built it for his partner, like as a little like gift for her, and then it blew up, and like he had no plans to, like do anything with it. Like seriously, uh, he added that little hook, so like you know, like when she gets it or doesn't get it, she can share back to him how she did, and likewise, why you know close friends of theirs that they share it with could share with one another, and that just took off.
0: Huh. Yep. So I've yet to I try. I totally it myself, forgot but... to. I I totally forgot. i for the first time ever, I got my. uh I got the word in three tries today. Wow. I was very proud of myself. I don't remember the word. So like I'm trying to go back to do it. And I only got the N right. Uh, No P-E-I-S. So totally forgot what's the second word that I tried. What's interesting
1: about it is like this was so like just a small project that it's not even... Like, the URL isn't even, like, a real... It's not, like, wordle.com. It's, like, powerlanguage.co.uk slash wordle slash something else. Like, it's... This was not meant to blow up like it did. Like, it's sheer happenstance that caught on in the way it did. So there's no ads on it or anything. Like, he had no intention for this to be what it became. It's very much the Flappy Bird story all over again.
0: Okay, so... I went penis, then gnome, then knack. I got... K N A C K or well no well, duh, that's that's the word knack uh n in the wrong spot a in the right spot c in the wrong spot and then k so it had to be c uh crap oh crank crank was today's word yep i got it somehow got that I, in the in the uh in my third try originally i got it in
1: my f- I got it in my first try because I just listened to what you're saying and typed what you said.
0: <laughs> so that's my first time yeah. playing Wordle, everyone.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um and don't worry, we didn't spoil it because
2: this doesn't go out till uh till the tomorrow, new word. Yeah, so. so yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna tweet it and blow everyone's mind? No, because oh, that'd be a lie. I
1: mean Kevin Kevin did well. I didn't do well, I just piggybacked. I don't want to deceive
0: our our, our my, my followers, and that's rude. Well, all right. Uh, that is technically a game. Let's go with our uh, favorite game. Uh, Jason, do you have anything that isn't Nintendo? Do you play anything that's not Nintendo? That's
1: not on a Nintendo system. Rarely. Um, I had Apple Arcade for like the trial period just to try a Tetris game called Tetris Beat. That was like a poor man's Tetris effect. So that's not winning. It's not bad. It just is. Just you know exists. Uh, so no, I don't have one. You can pass over
2: me, Angel. Yeah, I didn't play too many non-Nintendo games. At least, like, yeah, too many new ones that felt impactful. Um, But off the top of my head, unless if Rounds isn't in, isn't on the Switch somewhere, because God knows how many games are on the Switch now, Um then I would definitely go with Rounds, because, yeah, it's a chaotic little, I guess, 2D sh- roguelike shooter, like arena shooter, that... It's just really fun and wacky. It's like both competitive, but also very random. So it's kind of approachable to a lot of people. But yeah, it's 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 really great. It's really fun. I really liked rounds, and I would definitely recommend it to anybody that just wants like a a nice little versus game. Wait, I Unfortunately, thought rounds was uh, the fighting is, one.
0: What's that? What's that like black and white one?
2: That's. The fighting one you're thinking of is probably footsies. Oh, that's footsies. Okay, never mind. But yeah, rounds. That's, that's well,
0: uh, I'm giving mine to uh, Psychonauts Knots Two. Did you ever play it, an Angel?
2: Um, just Psychonauts One. You just played the first one this year, two. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah, I haven't beaten it though. That's why I haven't put it on this list.
0: Uh. Okay. Well, I've I mean, got
2: pretty far in it, but. Uh.
0: What? area are you or like do you remember the last thing that you did
2: uh i'm in an insane asylum helping some insane I guess I'm asylum yeah there's like some painters some person that thinks they're like the main doctor
0: i don't know i'm like that. helping I'm
2: I'm, I'm I'm helping find the brains of my friends because like he's literally the only one left at this point oh god gotcha. it feels like i'm in the end game oh oh yeah that it, it has to be the last level at that point then just the way, like, everyone's talking, it's like, this is it. This is, uh, once you find this kind, okay. of, th- kind of deal.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, for sure, yeah. Uh, Well, Psychonauts 2, I won't spoil anything, but, I don't know, Psychonauts 2 was, like, one of my favorite platforms of all time, and then I was really worried about this game going into it, but I shouldn't have been. This game exceeded my expectations, for sure. You know, it took 16 years for this game to come out. And they just knocked it out of the park. Like, the game's presentation, just like the first one, it's incredible. The visuals are amazing. Uh, The guys on the Nextlander podcast put it the best when they said that the music is pretty much as close as you can get to Danny Elfman music without it being Danny Elfman. Which is true, because it's got, like, this whimsical flourish, even when it's, like, at its most epic like, the, the voice acting is top-notch. The story is, like, full of twists, humor. It's full of heart as well. It's by far my favorite story in a video game in the last couple of years. And, like, the gameplay is just really, really fun. They brought that classic 2005 platformer feel into the modern ages. And it doesn't feel ancient, but that just might be more of a testament to, like, how great the original game was. Uh, the level design might not be as inventive as, like, the original's Milkman Conspiracy or that Kaiju level. But they're definitely trippier and less of a Those slog cool. to go through. Um, Yeah, I, I just think it's, like, the perfect sequel to what I thought was a almost perfect game. Yeah, so... Can't wait to hear what you think about it, Angel. Like I said, the the, the levels might not be... As wacky, but they're still definitely incredibly fun to play. For sure. Let's go into uh what what have we done so far? We've done favorite TV show, show, movie? movie,
1: reading, game. I think there's music and oh yeah, uh,
0: let's do music. I don't know. Okay. Uh, you you go ahead.
1: Oh, Uh no! I need to think about it. it it's it's tricky because like. I feel like this year was so much. I mean, 2020 surprisingly had a decent amount of good music, even with the pandemic. But I feel like there's a, like, you know, I mean, not the book and the episode with, with the weekend, but like going right into the pandemic or the weekend. And then, like, throughout the year, you know, the killer out something and whatnot. But I feel like 2021 had so much, like, backlog of, like, delays and stuff that I was worked on in the pandemic. That was just, like, a huge, I feel like it was a big year for music this year. So it's actually kind of hard. Like, three of my direct like three or four five when Linkin Park was still, when Chester was still alive. There were, like, a few bands that no matter what they do, they'd always, like, be of peak interest to me. And and this year, or artists, I should say, and this year three of them came out with something, which is pretty uncommon. Like, Coldplay, Foo Fighters, and Kanye all, in the span of, I think, uh, seven months, all came out with something. And then The weekend just did, you know, this week. So it's, it's like, never-ending. But, yeah, it's tough. I think... Definitely wasn't Coldplay's strongest album, so that's off the table. Um, I never even talked about it on the show, but yeah, it has a, it, it it's interesting to do like a sci-fi theme. It, it, the music's fine, but it's not their best. Um, I might have to give it to Donda by Kanye. Not necessarily because it's the best album. Like he has a Donda. lot of filler. Donda. 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 But yeah, he has, <laughs> we have to send that for the whole man and a half. But, uh, yeah, he has a lot of filler on it. There's a lot of stuff that you could tell, like, is isn't exactly half-baked, but could have used a little more time in the oven. Um But I think as, like, a thing that captured my interest in this past year music, like, in part because he kept delaying the thing, he kept dragging out the launch process, like, all these events around it, all these stadium things around it. Like, it was a fixture of my, like, kind of music consumption of this year just because it kept going and going, and it was such a big, like, moment when it happened. And the album, there were some very good songs on it. Um there are some, like I said, some filler, but it overall just was kind of the album for me this year, even though it wasn't necessarily the highest quality album. Or, like, Food Fires, I thought it really like pretty tight, as in like, not like cool, but tight, like compact, like tight album of um, songs back in February. But, you know, it kind of came and went. And I've still listened to it, but it just kind of came and went. But like the, the Kanye one really felt like it was just a thing and it kept going. Like, even when I saw him in December, like, you know, it, it was kind of riding the coattails of that momentum it built. So, um i might have to give it to donda just for that um i don't know if it's the strongest though but it's definitely one that like kind of resonated and there was a lot in between to be fair even not among my big artists. like um i don't know if you you probably know him from the game awards but churches they put out a really good album called screen violence in in uh, august if you like you know kind of synth pop stuff um while i was waiting for kanye to come out i discovered this other rapper named idk who has some kanye-ish vibes his album at the time, I forgot what it was called, but that was pretty that was pretty good. But yeah, I think I think just the raw momentum of Donda and just kind of the experience around trying to be able to listen to Donda just made it that much more impactful for me at least. So
0: nice, nice, nice. Uh yeah, my favorite album was also a rap album this year. Uh oh. Yeah. I bet you you're never gonna guess this album. Certified Lover Boy by Drake. No, a banger. Is that a rap album? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He what raps, sorta. <laughs> I mean, but, technically
1: it's rap. Technically it's rap. Yeah, he has some rap songs on there. So yeah, I'd say it's rap.
0: Okay. Uh, no. Uh, the album is called uh, "Shut the F up Talking to Me." Do you know this album? Who's it by? Zach I might Fox. Not know.
1: I do know of Zach Fox. Yeah. Okay. But I don't yeah, know the album. So, yeah,
0: Zach Fox, comedian best known for the song Jesus is the one I got depression uh this what is sort of, of like a a yeah uh, it's, a, it's a song let me tell you uh I don't know if Zach Fox is a comedian he's not a tame comedian he's very out there he's gotten banned off Twitter for some uh I would say sort of tasteless uh tasteless jokes uh Regardless, this is, like, a legitimate rap album that's, like, grimy, it's raw, and it's hilarious at the same time. It's not necessarily a comedy album in the same way uh, that, like, The Lonely Island uh, has their comedy rap stuff. Uh, But they are in the same realm where their music has no right being as expertly produced as it is, Mm -hmm. considering that they're so funny. Uh, like the beats are incredible. Zach Fox has an insane flow for being a comedian, but maybe that's actually to his benefit. Uh, I think the first and only single is called "Fafo" would give you a good understanding of like what his music is all about. Uh, I'd also just recommend listening to some of like his uh earlier stuff, and by earlier I just mean like I think 2019 is when he had his first single. But there's a song that he has that's called Square Up that's all about fighting. Uh, and then definitely Jesus is the one I got depression. Uh, that sort of became a viral hit on like TikTok and stuff like that. If you don't like those songs, you're definitely not going to like this album. Uh, but man, I just think it's really hard not to like his music. Even if you don't like rap music, I absolutely think everybody should check it out. Especially if you're in it for a good laugh.
1: I'm definitely intrigued because, like, I like the grimier sound of a lot of hip hop. And yeah, I know you said the Kanye stylings are different, but, like, Lonely Island doing kind of like not serious rap. Like, I, I, I mean, one of my favorite, not even kidding, one of my favorite albums in the last few years is when Lonely Island did the, um, uh, Bash Brothers thing, which was like a Netflix 30 minute, it's basically making fun of Beyonce's Lemonade, but it was like about the, the two baseball players from the 80s, um, Jose Concerto and, Uh, the other dude, forgetting his name. And, uh, yeah, they did like a whole, like, concept album about these two guys and their rise and fall. Um, but it was all like joke, kind of like jokes, but the rap production was really good. So, like, I'm, I'm intrigued based on what you're saying about the production here. Yeah. I'll probably check it out.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. Uh, switching over from music to. Wait, does Angel have anything at all? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Angel. Do you have anything?
2: (laughs) Definitely no. Album, at least not that I could think of on top of my head that I got this year.
0: Any music? Any new uh, music that you heard this year? Oh, I can but, think of one. Uh,
2: but there's one track that I've um, definitely gone back to a lot. Uh, I mean, I guess technically, uh, I guess the Final Fantasy 7 remake album. That's the one. I, I definitely listened to that a ton. It was, I think, my most listened to album, in, according to Spotify, and the. Nobu, uh, the, the composer, I think was also my most listened to composer because of just that album. So yeah, I guess Final Fantasy.
0: You should play that now that it's on the PC. I mean, I have it
2: because of PlayStation Plus.
0: Oh yeah. Um, so I guess, having, I guess just wait until you get a PS5. Cause, uh, I think people that got on PlayStation Plus can now upgrade to the PS5 version for free.
2: Ooh,
0: that's cool. Yeah, actually I don't know how that works but uh, I'd look into it so that it's at least in your library before they don't allow no, no, no. you to do that yeah
2: cool Definitely
1: will. oh and so quick shoving in one more I forgot when I was rambling off the ones that didn't quite make the cut I forgot it happened this year because what is time anymore but um, weirdly enough 21 Pilots shy away or no the, the song shy away the album scaled and icy but that album I'm not a huge 21 Pilots guy that one really hit with me for some reason. I'm not sure why. They went with a slightly different style, It's a little maybe poppier at times, but yeah, that one worked. So, that was back in the start of the year, but again, not the top, but worth a mention. So. Anyway, cool. sorry. <laughs> uh
0: let's go with the uh, favorite anime. Jason. Um pass. pass. Which is by the way, too, a great many, anime. Pass is a of.
1: hit anime that no one else knows about. It's great.
0: Too many That's to think the about point. for sure. Uh mm-hmm. I mean, 2021 was pretty much stacked with uh, with anime for me personally like Demon Slayer Mugen Train uh, Attack on Titan Season 4 Jujutsu Kaisen My Hero Academia but like the one that took the cake for me was uh, Kaguya-sama Love is War I waxed poetic about this anime back in like February but it was truly like my favorite anime this year that I saw uh you can Train almost took it because that is an incredible movie, anime movie. But they finally released a ten minute teaser for season three about a month ago and it brought back all the memories I had about how much I love this anime. It's a very unconventional choice for me since I am like a a shonen brat and I still don't see myself uh watching a whole lot of non shonen anime but this one was like an incredible <laughs> Breath of fresh air that I needed, and season three comes out in April, I believe, which is fantastic. There was a, I guess there was a like two year delay between season two and season three, so uh, yeah, super excited for for that. So Gugu, you're not mistaken for me, Angel. That's a good choice. Yeah, I still haven't finished that
2: one, but I really am enjoying what I've seen so far.
0: Oh, so you have seen it? Awesome, oh. that's great.
2: Yeah, due to your recommendation. I know even Elba started watching it recently and we were having like a nice chat about it. Just, oh, like, few, like, nice. Wait, he hasn't told you that he started watching it?
0: Yeah, he told me. Uh he told me oh, okay. a day or two ago. It's because I saw that season three teaser with him. I I forced him to watch it with me.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was about a day or two ago
2: that I found out as well. It's funny because I had talked, I had told him a long time ago that I started watching it, but then when he told me that he was watching it, um, I think he forgot that I had seen it already because he seemed surprised that I had seen it. But, um, yeah, I think for me, damn, it's really hard. It's like between Alone the Sea and a Gretzko, but I think I might go with Alone the Sea. I know I've talked about that show already. It's like, you know, kind of slice of lifey, love triangle y kind of show, but. It just handles the drama really well. I mean, it, it just kind of reminds me of, like, Cobra Kai, how, like, everything always feels very unstable. Like, oh, you think, like, oh, look, they're patching things up, but, oh, you know, in the background, this is going to mess everything up. Like, there's always something like that. And it just balances it out really well. But I think, like, my favorite part about it is just the fact that even though, yeah, it's kind of a romance anime, it... Does it in a different way that doesn't feel... That just feels natural? Kind of going to that word again. Just the way I felt about Dirty Dancing. Like, the characters... I don't think you ever see them kiss. I think, like... There's, like like, a big impactful scene later that... I think, like, in any other show, it would be, like... Oh, and then they kiss. Like, oh, now they're a couple. It's all meaningful. But all they do is just, like, hug. And somehow, that hug felt way more impactful than I feel any case would have just because of the way it was just handled. I don't know. Whoever wrote the show definitely, definitely took the the time to like, you could tell this was like done in like mold, like many, many, many drafts. Like a, a lot of things just feel tight, especially even the, even weirdly the fact that, uh, the show is basically about a society of people that live online and people that live in the water, but the people that live in the water, Like, they intentionally, obviously, like, didn't even try explaining how things work because I feel like it would raise way more questions than answers. So, Luca? Like, I mean, they have TV. They have TV in the underwater world. They have paper in the underwater world. Like, when you're in the underwater world, it may as well be the surface world. Like, this is how it looks when they animate it. The only difference is that you see fish, flying, like, floating around and the occasional bubbles here and there and, like, the scenery just looks really pretty. But yeah, it's just like you, people could basically fly here. So except Luka, when they go on land, basically Luca. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically Luca. Except you know they don't look like monsters. Right. They right. look still like people. But yeah, yeah. So I think I'd give it to Lona. sea. that was surprising,
0: to say the least. But yeah, nice, nice, nice. And to round us all out, uh, I don't know your favorite event or live event. I think but this you, one is exclusively Jason.
1: Is it? No one else today? Like, it doesn't have to be a live event. It could just be a favorite thing you did now that we got to go back in the world a little.
2: Like, There's got to be something. I know we all did something. Ooh, I'm Jason. I go out and do stuff. But we
1: all did. You were just at a cabin a couple <laughs> weeks ago, Angel. You went out in the world.
2: <laughs> like, it's all fair game. Um, I'm Jason. I think I'm better than everybody. I Oh,
1: nope. Um, But, yeah, I... You would think... Your words, not mine. I'm pretty sure... They were your words, but okay. I was going to say, I think, um, the, the logical one based on my talk about like the Donda momentum with Kanye would be his concert. But, um, weirdly, I, I think, I think the one that just like clicked the most was in August. I didn't talk about it on the show, but in August, I went and saw the Green Day Fallout Boy Weezer Hellamega Omega tour actually down in San Diego because it was supposed to be during Comic Con. And then Con Con didn't happen and the tour got moved and then they got out of sync and anyway, so I made a weekend of it. Um But yeah, yeah, like it was actually it was the first like I did a concert before that called Vax Live that was um I think I talked about it on the show, but the very first concert I went back to and that was an experience just to like be back in that environment. But um the the, the Hell Omega one was the first like full capacity, normal, not for television, just concert. And it was three concerts back to back to back. Like it was Weezer for an hour. It was Fall Out Boy for an hour. It was Green Day for an hour. It was outside at Petco Park. Uh, I somehow scored really good seats through sheer luck, like at a decent price, like in the front and center of it, like right behind the pit. Um, So I had like a great view just again by sheer luck. And I was impressed by just how much energy it had. And like each band had a full, even though it was like an outdoor festival stage setup, they each had like a full set built. Um, and like like because they were all century headliners even though obviously there was a hierarchy they all had like the budget of a century headliner so they really did have like set pieces and stuff like followed by it's so much pyro um but yeah it's just it's really cool cuz there's like the, the energy of it and just hearing those songs like i listened to those bands a lot when i was younger so and still so hearing like a lot of that stuff live for the first time ever was really cool like i saw i think green day at the game awards one year and they did once two songs and Weezer at like Made in America Festival years ago and they did, you know, like a 20 minute set or something, but it was cool to like actually hear like all of it and kind of turned into like a mini vacation for the weekend. So that one might take the cake. Um, it's it, like, I went in being like, Oh, this will be fun. But I was like really blown away by like the quality of it and just how, how fun it was. So it exceeded my expectations. Um, so that's mine, I guess. I don't know if you guys have anything. It doesn't have to be a concert. It's just anything like we you know. We all got to go back in the world for at least a minute there for the summer.
2: So and I
0: something. and I didn't. I did nothing with it. I the oh. only thing that I that I did was <laughs> was uh, You're the only one brave enough to do something. Jason was Gilbert's birthday, and that turned oh, yeah. out to be a nightmare a- for me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you 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 survived. <laughs> yeah, should, technically, yeah, I survived, but I definitely lost a few years off my life. Was oh, that. that bad for you by the end? Did I not tell you the story? I
1: The, the only thing I know is um you, we all drank a lot and you – and that's about where it ended. That's all I know.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll tell you about it after the podcast then.
1: <laughs> okay. Ooh, mysterious. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I didn't know the whole story. But that see, and that was kind of a nice return to normalcy is just being able to all collectively go out and bar hop for the first time like that or maybe second – no, first time that we all did. Yeah. Yeah, it was – and now, now yeah. that's all just fleeting again. It's, you know, it's up to the variant at this point if we get to keep doing that. Well, Safely yeah, doing yeah. that.
2: Well, yeah, Jason mentioned I did go to a cabin, but we were only there for like a day. Like I hardly consider it an event. It just happened by so, it just came by so fast. But that you
1: like, you do like LA Comic Con too. didn't really have
2: enough time to take in everything. Um, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess I was also at LA Comic Con. Uh, I mean, that was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it for sure. It was nice to return to a convention scene after so after a couple years. Yeah, was, yeah. The, like, I feel that alone made it feel great. Even if like the convention itself didn't have a ton going on that I really was interested in, it was still fun just to walk down the aisle, see what people are selling, see who's presenting stuff. Like that was cool. It felt it gave me that those like anime expo nostalgia vibes, which. I guess tickets are going on sale soon, but I don't even know if that's going to happen. I mean, it seems like things are starting to drop again. Like, we'll see if Comic-Con will even be a thing again, or will even not be a thing again. So, there's that. So, but, I mean, hmm. I do, I while you think, know, I do second year your... I, I mean, I guess I guess between those two, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll just give it to LA Comic-Con at that point. It's, for, it's definitely the biggest event I went to, and, yeah, and it was fun. It was nice just to return to a convention theme
1: i i do second your point about like a convention didn't have to be good to feel fun this time around because like i did i did a complex con at star november which is for those who don't know kind of like complex the websites like the streetwear hip-hop whatever websites like us and that same friend gilbert we i tend to go with him to this one um for the music stuff primarily weirdly a lot of pokemon there this year because pokemon's not trendy but um yeah like it wasn't the best showing there but it was fun to just be able to walk around when you weren't Being slightly unnerved by people that decide to take their masks off,
0: but um,
1: yeah, no, for the most part, yeah, it's kind of it was kind of nice to be back in that element at least briefly.
0: Oh yeah,
2: cool. Like
0: that. That case, I think that's gonna wrap us all up, unless you guys want to give awards to anything else that we failed to mention here.
1: Best co-hosts go to Angel and Kevin.
0: I I did an arm Uh, cross, but yeah, I'll give my best co-host award to uh, to Angel for sure.
2: I think I would give it to Kevin, actually. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, brought a few laughs. Very appreciated. J- I mean, Jason was a very, very, very close second. I mean, you were really good, but yeah, I think, um, there was a, an extra kick of surprise mm-hmm. that came from Kevin this year. Yeah. It's funny because close <laughs>
1: yeah, second be in this good. instance is also last. <laughs> so, but no hard feelings. <laughs> no hard
2: feelings. That is unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, like if I had to like assign scores, like let's just say that like if it was out of a hundred, like we'll say that Kevin got a one hundred and you got a ninety nine.
0: Yeah, you're still oh, you're I'll still an A. You, 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 I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. And it's not that you
2: started from hundred and lost a point. Like, you know I Kevin started from the bomb, now I'm here. That's yeah. what you're saying. Why did hey, I make the reference? Minutes. What year yeah. is it? <laughs> uh, so surprisingly, I guess there is like one last random award I could give. Um and I think Jason might be able to potentially too. Um I guess my favorite thing I built this year because for some reason this year, especially towards the end of the year, I ended up building a lot of model kit slash Lego sets. Like I built the Lego Nintendo Cube, I built a Lego bonsai tree, I built a model kit for a Woody and a model kit for a Buzz. And I think there's one more that I'm forgetting. To to clarify,
1: uh, the Nintendo Cube is the Lego Mario 64 question mark block set. For anyone that doesn't know, for anyone that thought there was a Lego GameCube, no,
2: it's it's that. But, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I guess, obviously, the Nintendo Cube was definitely the most complex and interesting one, so I would definitely give it to that. But if we're saying not Nintendo, then probably the Bonte Tree. That was pretty nice and serene. If it wasn't for the instructions of the Woody and Buzz model kit being weirdly ordered... And portrayed where like half of them were in color and half of them were black and white. Which was kind of annoying because you look at the color one, then it's really easy to find the shape almost immediately just by sight. But when it's in black and white, all the pieces kind of look alike towards the beginning. So you have to rely on the, oh, this is e E2. Okay. Now to get F1. Okay. Yeah. It was a little hampered by that. So definitely giving it to the bonsai tree. I guess I
1: could answer this. You're yeah, right. Sorry. Cause, I mean, for me, it was the opposite. You start building more as the year went on. I built less as the year went on, but early on, like during more of the proper pandemic, um, yeah, I was, I, I did a thousand plus piece, uh, Takashi Murakami puzzle, like the, the artist, and that is now framed and hanging in my living room or well, my girlfriend I did, I should say. She did like 80% of it. So I don't know why I'm taking credit. She did most of it. I just sat there, but, uh, yeah, that was actually a really cool puzzle. It's like original art by him. Um, and I built a desk. Helped build a desk. Did half of the desk. But it's a nice desk. So I think between yeah, the puzzle and the desk, the puzzle desk gets it.
0: I can convert? No, the it's just a regular desk? desk. It's like an extra yeah. long
1: uh, white desk that has like a couple drawers. I use for work now. But um, I was on a folding table when I first moved into the apartment, like just over a year ago. So it was nice to upgrade to like a nice sturdy desk, and and it's a very clean like, minimalist type of design, and I I, I really like the desk, but I think in terms of, if I had to think a favorite thing to build, it would be the puzzle that I did 20% of, by far, yeah. Cool.
0: Well, I guess in that case, that'll definitely wrap us all up. Uh, Yeah. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Random Nintendo Podcast. Uh, But in the meantime, you can check us out on Twitter. We are at RandomNintendo, Individually, Jason is at JSR seven, uh Angel is uh Wayro at W E I R O underscore O. And I am at KVN Gomi. Uh and you guys are already listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Amazon Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn Radio or Are we does iHeartRadio Radio do podcast? They do and we're there. Yep. Uh they do and we are there. Uh and with that being said, Jason takes us out. Uh, As you were talking, this is true.
1: This just happened. As you were talking, a little spider just lowered itself about three inches from my face. And it kind of startled me. And that's all I've got.